Hi, it's Karina from Rage Breed and Lake of Dreams, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio. Welcome back home prisoners to Misery Point Radio. Thanks for deciding to hang out with me here in the studio instead of venturing out into the wasteland and contributing to the end of the world. I've got all the apocalypse entertainment you need right here, right now. Trust me, I'm not an expert, but I play one on the radio. And believe me when I say that today's show is indeed worth hanging out for. I don't know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I think tuning in to hear an amazing conversation with an epic artist from the UK is way better than the super lame stuff you probably had planned, like turning your underwear into a face mask and separating the sheets on your toilet paper to get more mileage. Just saying. So, today's guest, Karina Scherer, does in fact reside in the UK, and she's got her hands full with tons of epic projects. In addition to playing in the uber-ethereal acoustic band Lake of Dreams, she's also running a multitude of projects under the Rage Breed brand. And Rage Breed is really cool because at the heart of it is a desire to move the music industry forward by promoting bands of all kinds. The underground, the established, the newly formed, you name it. Everybody. And our conversation covered the spectrum of her career, from the origins of her musical path during her early teens, her love of metal and the bands that inspired her, the formation of her early bands, including multi-genre metal band Mind Lapse, the transition into what became Lake of Dreams, and the various branches of the Rage Breed family. We also talked about what she's doing to keep busy during these crazy times, and what we can expect to hear from her in the near future, including the status of the upcoming Lake of Dreams album, and an exclusive tidbit about the next Rage Fest, which is slated for later this year, and a couple of bands confirmed to be on the bill, one of which is a personal favorite of mine. So turn off the Tiger King, take off that ridiculous plastic face shield, and welcome to Misery Point Radio, singer, songwriter, and media mogul, Karina Share. Hey, Karina, welcome to the show. Appreciate you joining me from the UK. How you doing, Mike? You're all good? I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? I'm all good. So, Thank you so much for the opportunity as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's cool. I'm glad we got a chance to connect, and uh, this is going to be super fun. So uh, how is it going over in your neck of the woods right now? Um, It's going okay, actually. We're just kind of um, obviously concentrating on when it comes to rage breed i suppose we're just sort of concentrating on uh training at the moment so i've basically got a lot of account managers in and uh we're ba- i'm basically training them up over the next few weeks so we have um you know plenty of staff for our magazine and everything oh, cool. um obviously obviously you know we've we've taken an account to what's happening obviously around the world with the virus we're trying to pr- promote sort of like a lot of uh, positivity to try and help bands sort of concentrate on their promotional side of things yeah. while obviously they can't, you know, they can't go out there and play. So, um, yeah, we did a, a YouTube video, which was top 20 things to do while in isolation. So we're kind of doing our bit and helping 
people. A lot of our staff have posted some really positive uh, messages out there for everyone. Um, but obviously on the rage breed front, we're still getting on with our work. We're still focused and, uh, you know, looking at building up the magazine side of things for now. Yeah. And, um, with Rage Fest, obviously, that's taking a bit of a backseat, obviously, because we don't know when, um, you know, venues are going to be open. But we're hoping that, you know, it should be all fine by the end of the year. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot to do at the yeah. moment. So cool. But uh, it's 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 really fun, really exciting, and uh, the team are really getting on well, which is great, and everyone's super positive and you know motivated, and that's what I like to see. Yeah, that's awesome. And we're definitely going to spend a little bit of time talking about, you know, Rage Breed and all that Rage Breed really encompasses because it's it's really just so many so many different fires in that pot. Um but I can mm-hmm. say definitely the one thing I've seen since you mentioned positivity that's that's been kind of a positive in all this stuff is there's a lot more online interaction. You know, artists are really engaging with their fan base, I think. They're trying new things. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of interactivity, a lot of people hopping on YouTube or Twitch or you know, uh, StreamYard or whatever sources are out there, but these people that can't play are really still trying to say, hey, we're still here. We still want to do stuff. You know, links to merch is popping up everywhere, and that seems to be kind of a really cool thing. So I'm I'm really stoked to see that a lot of bands are out there, you know, doing what they can to make sure that they're they're staying engaged with their audience. I think that's that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. And we do encourage that because, you know, it can get quite difficult for bands who are used to touring, you know, Mm -hmm. and I always say make use of this time to maybe, I don't know, look at your websites, have a look at your social media, you know, create videos where you can stream live recordings, you know, um, there's so much that you can do and obviously this is a great time for bands to really focus on their promo and advertising uh, maybe trying to look at getting gigs you know later later down the field um you know i mean i'm seeing a lot of promoters that you know i'm affiliated with or you know and they're looking at you know starting to book for next year so there's a lot of positivity in the air i think as well as a little bit of fear so what we're trying to do is um try and diffuse that through positive messages and giving people ideas on what to do um, during this period of time. Yeah. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's start at the beginning with you, you know, where's your family from and how did music come to be a part of your life? Um, well, my family are actually, at my, my dad's from Amritsar and Punjab and he came over to the UK to marry my mum. Uh, from um, India? From India, yeah. And um, so where he was based was where, you know, the Golden Temple is. Um, So he was based over there. And um, he comes from a Sikh family, Sikh Punjabi family. And he married my mum over here in the UK. And uh, he became a doctor over in India, but then he had to retake his exams um, and met my mum over here. And, yeah, they hit off straight away. And... um, (laughs) Yeah, it was great. I mean, my dad worked very hard, um, you know, and they they came from a sort of like a one room in a house to, yeah. uh, you know, owning two surgeries. So they, my dad's always taught me really hard work ethic and to go for your dreams and, you know, and, and, and I've always stuck by that. So awesome. um, wh- when it comes to music and things like that, I mean, music actually was something that 
I really loved when I was little. And my mum said to me that when I was born, one of the first thoughts that came into her head was, I have to call her something nice just, just in case she becomes a famous singer. <laughs> okay. And that was one of, so she, so she said, I called you Karina. And uh, I said, well, why is that? She goes, because it means pure hearted and of songs. I thought, oh, that's lovely, you know. Um, and during the years as, you know, I started to get into a lot of, um, you know, school plays, school where you had to sing and that kind of thing. Sure. When I was at school, I, I sang at Debunt for Hall in, in Leicester, which is a, you know, quite a big venue. And then I got my first guitar at nine. And um, what what actually got me into sort of the rock and metal music was, um, my cousins were really into it as well. So we grew up on WWF wrestling <laughs> and rock, rock, rock and metal music. We just loved it. And we just, you know, really enjoyed buying all the old sort of magazines like Roar and, um, you know, Kerrang! and stuff like that. And uh, we, we, we just loved the music. I mean, it was anything from grunge, classic rock to metal to death metal to thrash, you know, all of it. We just loved all of it. And, um, but w one of the biggest, I suppose the first album, um, the first band that really got me into the music was Guns N' Roses. Okay. And, uh, what happened was, is when I was really young and I couldn't sleep one night, I went downstairs and I switched on the TV and Headbangers Ball was on. And uh, they had a clip from Axl Rose and Slash playing. And I was absolutely hooked. I loved it. And uh, so the first album I ever bought was a Guns N' Roses Usual Illusion 1 album. And obviously with that, um, with sort of like the bands that I got into, started off as sort of classic rock and Metallica, you know, that kind of stuff. Um so I was heavily influenced during my life with sort of rock and metal bands like that. Um, How and, old were you during you know, that time? I think it must have been nine or nine or ten, okay. I imagine. Yeah, pretty yeah, early. So really early. And um, I just couldn't get on with all the kind of mainstream take that kind of bands, you know. Um, I just I just didn't feel it had enough soul and guitar music just seemed to have soul to it you know it it made it, it stirred something inside of me that made me think I want to do that you know <laughs> and even with the singers and there was a sort of certain what I love about rock music I think is it's about authenticity it's not about rules and regulations and things it's there's a real sort of feeling of this is who I am and this is what I want to express, and this is how it is, you know. And it can be either positive, negative, or in between. But it is true authenticity, which is what I sort of am drawn to quite a lot in life, you know. So yeah, um, and I think that's why I connected with it so well. Were you playing guitar? I mean, you said you picked it up, but did you start playing guitar first, or did you start singing first, or or were they kind of simultaneous? I, I sang all through my life, even my junior years, and um, I used to, you know, just love singing constantly. Like I was always, and like my dad used to laugh because when I was very little, he says all you used to do is put the music on and dance around the room singing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just something that I just loved to do. So singing was my first love. Yeah, the the, the guitar enabled me to write songs because obviously when you're singing other people's stuff. 
you know, you're just singing along, aren't you? Right. Whereas the songwriting element came when I got my first guitar. And um, it was the first acoustic guitar. And I let nothing else matters the first intro. And I was so happy. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the feeling when I, when I um, you know, managed to master that. And I was really happy. I was thinking, oh, wow. You know. Um, but, yeah, so from then on, I started to, you know, get better. And I started to learn myself and learn through chord books and things. But I found that later on in life, when I met um, my my ex-husband, actually, he was in the band Mind Lapse for a very long time. Um, it was actually him who showed me how to make proper chords and how to do metal and all that kind of stuff. So I, I actually picked up metal a little bit later on properly. Uh, I suppose I was a beginner when I was that young. but sure. um, And then sort of went into the songwriting aspect of writing music. So that happened, I was probably saying my early teens. Okay. So well, it's yeah. cool that you mentioned mind lapse at that point, um, because as I was telling you off the call before we started chatting that, you know, it's really a, a, a cool project that I think kind of snuck in under the radar. But what I like about it is that it covers kind of all kinds of metal. I mean, I listened to one song and I was like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, there's there's gothic, there's death, there's thrash, there's some clean vocals, there's some death vocals. uh you know, Visions uh, specifically is a song I kind of listen to over and over again because it's got so many dynamic changes and, and so many different styles. And then from there, I was just kind of hooked and, you know, Risen, uh, just, just a really, really cool project. So how did that oh. project come into existence? So when I was about 15 years old, I was actually in a band with Gaz and we were a little bit lighter then and it was called Neutral Shade and I got signed to Holy and Thou Records as a singer-songwriter and um, because I wrote pretty much all the music and what happened then is that a lot of the members left because they were doing uni projects and things like that because we were very young at that point. I mean, sure. I must have been 15, you know, 16 um, so anyway, I got signed to Holier Than Thou, and then um, we then decided to call it a new name. And during this time, I was getting into bands, um, you know, loads of different types of metal. So anything from Biohazard, Machine Head, Carcass, Paradise Lost, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lacuna Coil. And I loved it all, and I just thought, well... Mind Lapse was our chance to really cover it all because we loved all these different bands. It wasn't like I'm just want to do this one niche and just be put pigeonholed into just that. For me, music is about no boundaries. I don't feel like art should have boundaries. You should do what you feel that flows naturally. Yeah. And um, so when we when we started writing Mind Lapse, I mean, if you look, if you listen to some of the earlier stuff, it was more kind of like rap metal, like Churisatana, My Ruin, Manhole, that kind of stuff. Because at the time, um, my biggest influence, because I didn't know that women could sing metal at all at yeah. that age. I was so young. And then Terry B, there was a video that my cousin showed me called Kiss or Kill by Manhole and Chirisatana. And um, I was like, wow, a, a woman can actually scream. I didn't know you could do that, you know. So I, I started to try and train my voice up to do the, you know, the heavy vocals and stuff. 
Um, and But at the time, because of the style was sort of rap metal back then, um, you know, I tried to learn how to do that. So you'll find that a lot of some of the earlier stuff was more rap metal based, which got 4Ks and Kerrang! And we ended up in the NME magazine, which was really cool. Yeah, that's but, awesome. But what then happened was is my taste got heavier and heavier and heavier. That's a natural <laughs> and, um, progression for sure. Yeah. And so I kind of wanted to write uh, an EP that sort of took all the elements of the heavier underground stuff that I was listening to. So, um, and I really focused on working with an EP that I suppose would bring out all the sort of different types of music, you know, so when, when you're listening to like that little bit in visions where it goes very melodic, I wanted to create a sort of a beauty in the beast kind of feel with visions because I wanted to show that there is depth and beauty and that kind of stuff. But then also you can go really demonic and ferocious guttural growls, but then you can go top end black metal you know screams you know and I wanted to incorporate all that and I love the gothic doom so bands like Paradise Lost were a huge influence for me growing up so I wanted to even include that so it wasn't something that I was kind of choosing but it's just how it flowed and how natural it kind of became and um, you know and the whole process of writing Souls for Sinners was all about ambience so you would you would find that I would be in a room with Nish and Gaz and we would sit there and would put dim lighting on, would create the atmosphere, would work with samples and we would get into that sort of zone. So everything really was set up as atmosphere. It had to all be right for when we were writing that that out that EP actually. So yeah, I mean when we recorded it uh, we recorded with John Mitchell at the Outhouse Recording Studios. Uh, he's been recording my voice for well since I was 15 years old. So, um, so he knows you well. Yeah, we've known each other for a very long time, and I always record with him. In fact, Lake of Dreams was recorded at his studio as well, oh, cool. and obviously produced by him as well. So, yeah, so so the Souls for Sinners uh, EP was a natural progression to what we were doing prior. And I think it just kind of encompassed all the different elements of the underground music that I listened to and then brought it into this like one EP. Um, so you'll find a lot of the stuff with Mind Lapse, um, especially with the Souls for Sinners EP, you will find that sort of progression there. So you'll see something like... Um, I don't know, like visions or risen, and then you might even get lost or beautiful. And those, you know, those kind of tracks you'll see will have all those kind of elements in there as well. Um, and especially at the time, I was listening to bands like Opeth, for example, the early Opeth albums. Early as well. Opeth is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we loved Blackwater Park, uh, Still Life, Morning Rise. Um, but then I was also listening to bands like old man's child <laughs> um god there's loads there's so many and but we still loved metal music as well things like sepultura machine head all that kind of stuff as well but we did like a lot of the heavier stuff as well especially carcass is one of my favorite death metal bands absolutely um so and paradise last so you've got you know you've got all those different elements in there lacuna coil um and i kind of wanted to just bring 
all that all those elements into you know, into the EP. Yeah. And you did all the vocals, the melodic singing, the death metal singing, all that was you? Yes, it was, yeah. Oh, man, those vocals were just fucking chilling. I mean, I remember listening to that going, oh, my God, it went from one to the other, and I just love that kind of stuff. So <laughs> super yeah. cool. Now, did you guys only do the one EP? Because when I look online, I see, like, for instance, I don't know if it's a compilation, but it's got, like, 20 tracks on it. Yeah, so that's the discography of what we've done. So okay. that's, uh, it's called Forgotten Memories of Past Lives. Yes. Um, and uh, that's available on iTunes. Um, and sort of most places you can buy online. And it'll just, it's just an MP3 format for now. Right. But we are going to be releasing it at the end of the year as a, an actual CD. So is it one physical release, uh, which was The Souls, and then other unreleased stuff that you just all put together? Or were those actually separate releases? So they were singles. So what we used to do with um, holding our records is we had uh, a few singles that were released, and then we had the main Souls for Sinners EP that was released with holding our records. And then uh, after that, uh, we kind of decided to do this big album, which com- you know consisted of all the early stuff up to that point. Got so, it. Yeah. So cool. That's 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 what that is. Yeah. Well, I did read, and I don't know if I read correctly, but uh, you mentioned a couple of, of pretty epic bands that I am also into, uh, Napalm Death and Cancer, stuff like that. Did you get to play with those bands at some point? Yeah, we did, yeah. We we did Under the Earth UK tour, so we toured with Napalm Death. Uh, well, we had, a, it was an Under the Earth all day, it was called, in Camden Underworld. It's now called the Coco, and um that was an incredible gig because that had Napalm Death, Cancer, Insomnia, Mind Lapse, a few of the loads of other bands. That was like an old day. So we, we did we did that and that was an incredible, incredible gig. There was so many people there. Um, but the uh, tour itself, uh, we we toured actually. We were on a, we were on the bus with Insomnium and uh, Cancer headlined as well. So they um, so we played. Uh, I suppose. Venues such as Rock City, Bradford Rios, Corporation in Sheffield. Um, and, yeah, it, it was an incredible tour. It really was. I mean, um, what actually happened with that was Ragebreed wanted to start to get into tours and stuff. And we didn't have very much experience. But what actually happened was, at the time, was we had, uh, we spoke to Nilo from Insomnium. And uh, we just mentioned that, oh, you know, we love your album since the day it all came down. And, um, you know, we sent him some mind lapse stuff and said, oh, what do you think? And he said, "It's oh, my God, it's great. We should tour sometime, you know. And uh, the next thing I know is, yeah, we should, you know, that would be amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we were just jumping up and down thinking, oh, my God, this band that we absolutely adore of, like, saying they want to tour with us. So we basically made that happen, and we, we, we spoke to them, and we arranged everything, um, and we, we called it Under the Earth UK Tour. And, yeah, it was in a, an incredible tour, and it was probably one of the best moments of my my musical career anyway, uh, one of them, because it was great to actually be able to be jamming with them on the tour bus as well. So we would do... Oh, that's fucking um, cool. Yeah, like we were doing covers of Anathema, Fragile Dreams, uh, typo songs. Oh, it was just incredible. And, you know, they had say, similar music tastes and, 
you know, we all partied as well. And uh, have, I have some really fun memories of the tour. Oh, that's uh, because cool. It was just incredible, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, since we're talking about Mind Lapse, I say now would be a good time for us to check out a Mind Lapse song. So this one's off the album Souls for Sinners, and it's called Visions.
Well, so at some point that project ended and uh, for probably reasons, as you said, everybody just kind of went their separate ways. It wasn't Mm -hmm. too long before you kind of got Lake of Dreams going. So when did the idea for Lake of Dreams kind of pop into your head? Well, during, weirdly enough, while I was writing for Mind Labs, I also really enjoyed doing really sort of melodic stuff as well. Yeah. So when I was in, into Opeth, I really loved the Damnation album by Opeth. One of my favorite albums, even though I love the death metal stuff, I really loved the Damnation album because I think it just showed that a musician, no matter how you know, heavy and demonic you can be, there is an element of that light. And I really loved that. And I love the contrast. So while I was writing for Mind Lapse, I was also writing songs as well, like like this, you know, um, that I felt was going to be used in the future, probably not with Mind Lapse, but um, we did actually use the wake in Mind Lapse, but we had oh. a heavier version of it, believe it or not. Okay. And we actually played that live. <laughs> but what I did was, um, because a lot of the wake was melodic, what I ended up doing was just doing it in a sort of a melodic sense. So that's so it's really interesting because live people would have seen the wake, but in a sort of progressive death metal aspect. But I used that for Lake of Dreams because I wrote it myself anyway. So, um, but we never recorded the wake in Mind Lapse. We never got around to doing it. So I thought, well, I'll I'll use it for Lake of Dreams because it's got the same kind of, I suppose, theme. So. With Lake of Dreams, you see, it, it, it was more like an idea. It's it's very themed. It's it's about, there's actually a story behind it. And I wanted to sort of capture that. I was going to ask you about that. I've listened to it several times now, and there definitely seems to be some kind of a thematic element to it. So what is that element? So um, what it's about is there's a druidess sort of like a witch if you like and there's a soldier that fall in love with each other but the soldier's job is to basically kill witches <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 in a fantasy sort of theme so what happens is is there's these two people from completely different environments one obviously uses magic and she's kind of like a healer and the soldier's trained to kill witches, you know, and he's high-ranked soldier, um, but he sees only falls in love. But what the theme of the the, the EP is that um, when they're together, it feels right, but it's external influences that keep turning him to run because he would lose everything, and so will she, and she's put her family at risk and because obviously he's a killer so there's a lot of mistrust but their love's very strong but it's whether or not they'll survive so the whole EP is sort of surrounded on that so it's sort of looking at how external influences can really influence a relationship whereas if there was no judgments there would be no issue yeah. You see my point. So that's the that's the reason why I I made it because I wanted to. So it was there's kind of a lesson in there about how judgmental people can be. That if I'm this way, this is what I should be, or and then how you can get perspectives and how people are different. But if everyone just accepted each other, 
it would just be love, wouldn't it? And there yeah. wouldn't be any issues or fighting. So, um, but what it is, this is the first EP, and and this is basically, and it only go, it's only the chapter one, and I'm writing a book alongside this as well. Um, and what it is up to this point, it's basically about those two they meet, and he keeps going back, and then not seeing her for a while because he doesn't know what to do. And it's it's that in between stage of not knowing whether they should stay together or not. So then what happens is right right at the end you'll see a track called Ether, mm-hmm. and that is when she consults a sage, and so she consults spirit, and then there's a kind of to be continued element. <laughs> yeah. So that's so that's the reason why. But it's it's all going to be in a book which I'm going to be releasing as well. But. Um, I wanted to kind of, because I'm a very big Tolkien fan. I love Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, all that kind of stuff. So Lake of Dreams for me was like a fantasy where I could bring, you know, that kind of real life issues, but into a sort of a fantasy theme, you know? Yeah. And um, so that's the first chapter. Now, Richard has now become my new guitarist. Okay. Um, so he's going to be involved in writing the album. So the next one will be an album, and that'll be uh, the story of what happens. So I'm really excited about writing that. We've already started writing. That's really cool um, because I was going to ask you. It seems like it's been a while since that one came out, and mm-hmm. it's you've been kind of quiet about it. I mean, you see the the post come up. Hey, we got this album. Check this out. But you know what's mm-hmm. new? What's going on? You've been kind of hush about it. So yeah. there there is yeah. new Lake of Dream stuff in the works. Definitely, yeah. Oh, and I've been cool. working on, I've been working on a lot of riffs. And the thing is, when you see what happened was, is we had to get Rage Fest um, sorted last year. So Richard came on board. We learnt the songs and we did the Rage Fest, um, you know, gig and everything. I've also played Athena in Leicester as well, which was a big event for uh, some music, music industry company. Um, and that was really fun. But I think now what, we, what we're planning on doing is doing a proper album. We're going to get a keyboardist in as well so we can create some samples live and also as well. So okay. we have that whole ambience thing going on. So, yeah, I mean, we're writing some great stuff. We were really excited about the last practice we had because, I mean, there were ideas left, right and center. The flow, you know, musically, we're very, very sort of compatible in the sense that if I sort of start playing something, he can build it up because he's a fantastic guitarist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he really sort of, if you sort of bring a theme to him, he will know how to pick it up or do the next part to it. And so he's going to be co-songwriting with me on this next album because I love his ideas. So he didn't play Um, on the first EP then? No, that's me. That's all me. Oh, the, the, every, that was all you. Guitars, vocals, everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. What I really liked about that is that it's it's very slow. It's very almost ethereal, I'd say. And you hit, you said the word ambient, which is, is kind of what I think. Um, mm-hmm. With this new project, are you going to stick with that kind of sound and just embellish upon it? Or are you really taking it into a different direction? Um, we're still using that sound, but I think it's it's going to be a lot more advanced to what you'll hear in the first EP. Okay, a lot more a lot more progression, because what we want to do is 
build a little bit more on the samples because obviously it's going to be a story so right. we're, we're, we're sort of trying to bring that story element in it so it's themed so you'll probably see samples in between songs you might have um you know the guitaring might be a little bit more advanced we might be put because he's bought a 12 string and i have to tell you this oh i fucking love sounds, 12 strings it sounds beautiful and I, I don't know if you've heard this um it's got the same kind of tonal uh feel i don't know if you've heard james murphy touching the earth oh i know um, james murphy <laughs> yeah so there's there's a song called touching the earth and the way the guitar sounds um is incredible it's really really good yes um so yeah i mean i'm really looking forward to that so that should be really cool it's funny you mentioned James Murphy. He was on the show a couple months back, and we talked a lot about his solo stuff, which I think is so underrated um, as a solo artist. He's known for the stuff he did, you know, many, many, many moons ago. Um, but the stuff that he really gets into in his solo work definitely mm-hmm. showcases, you know, his versatility. And you know, yeah. you as well. Actually, there's there's so much versatility in there, and what you've created with Lake of Dreams truly goes beyond thematic but i mean you've really created a concept album you've created an entire an entire concept project uh mm-hmm. you know you've got you've got these stories that tie together you've got a book that's kind of going to bridge the gap and then you've got this this new album that that you're working on so i definitely i i can't wait to i can't wait to hear that what's the timeline do you think looking like is this going to be something we hear this year or is this probably looking into the final the following year Definitely this year, I think. I think what it is, is we're going to, we're we're going to be working a lot in the next few months on writing the material. I mean, I know that Richard's got some ideas that he wants to uh, send to me as well that he's been working on while he's been obviously in lockdown. So what, what, what I'm, the next stage is really off for me is to get some recording kit over here. And so we can actually bounce ideas off each other and record and, you know, do that kind of thing while obviously, you know, this is going on. I mean, this is a great time to record and write music. Yeah. You know, you've, 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 you know, a lot of bands are saying, oh, you know, I'm not getting, you know, this is the, the probably the best time you'll get to start writing because yeah. you're kind of within your own space. And that's the greatest time to start writing and getting those ideas out. Yeah. I mean, take advantage of the opportunity you have that's, you're not getting bombarded with, you know, uh, stimula from all over the place. You just kind of can be in your own element and really use that to your creative advantage. I, I hear that all the time. People are like, Oh mm. man, I'm so bored. I got nothing to do. I'm like, write some stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Write yeah. some stuff, play something, you know, do, do something, you know, it's, it's absolutely. So, uh, well, that's yeah. exciting. I, I am definitely looking forward to, to seeing what you got coming next. Uh, the day after such an awesome song and, uh, uh, I, I really just, I really like the whole sound of it. I love the atmosphere that's created with that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what new elements you kind of add to the new project. So uh, yeah, love, love Lake of Dreams. Good stuff. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess now let's, let's uh, kind of move into something you've touched on a couple of times. Let's talk about Rage Breed. This has obviously been something that's been with you from the early days and it's kind of morphed over the years with you. So tell me about Rage Breed, how it started, what the original concept was. And uh, I guess we'll talk about, you know, kind of what 
it's grown into uh, over these last few years? Mm-hmm. Well, Rage Breed at first was because, well, we set it up because at the time, um, we were helping promote uh, the Charlotte, which was a, a venue in Leicester. And uh, what was happening was they were putting on uh, big bands and then they were asking us to help promote it. And we were like, yeah, cool, you know, we'll do that. So back then we didn't have the internet really. We had, uh, uh, <laughs> I was sending out, ty- I, was ty- I was typing out newsletters and sending them and getting um, people's oh, addresses at gigs. <laughs> I remember the days, yeah, plastering uh, foam poles and hitting up every bulletin board you can find and yeah. running out of ink on your dot matrix printer, all kinds of stuff. That's it. And it was, it was a really, you know, I remember the amount of stamps and envelopes <laughs> I'd be sending out and, oh, it was, it was incredible though. I mean, but going from that, you know, I always had sort of a vision that I wanted to own my own, you know, music company. Um, and I, I had a very, you know, I suppose a set dream with that because I, I loved, I loved what we did in the band but I also felt that there were around that time that there were a lot of promoters that didn't touch bands just because they weren't signed. Yeah. And, and, you know, I remember um, talking to bands as, oh, you know, I really want to get this gig, but the promoter won't touch me in London because we're not a signed band, so they're not interested. We're getting brushed off. And I'm thinking, this band's really good. <laughs> you know, like, if they would give them a chance to perform, they would be blown away. Sure. So, so, but I I understand it from all aspects because I've done so much training and I've, I've been in the business since 96 now. And um, with Rage Breed, um, when you are an unsigned band, and say you're a promoter and you have overheads and things like that from a promoter's perspective they need that band to bring in crowds sure but but then at the same time the promoter needs to promote as well so it's kind of like a a bit of a balance thing going on there so what we decided to do was um set up rage breed and actually do it sort of to help bands get a gig in a sort of a themed type of thing so we put on aggression download at the shed and the purpose of that was to get those bands well known um and basically shown to people that there are actually very talented bands out there that are unsigned they may not have a huge following uh you know because we only just covered costs and stuff like that but at the end of the day they're amazing and they deserve to be recognized and what we found was that a lot of people be going like going oh my god this band was great i bought their sticker or i bought their album and and so we kind of did that for a few years but then we then got offered a contract with uh redeemer to do Hades gates and that was really good because the venue itself could actually pay us for uh you know putting on the event if you like so um what happened was is we put on bands which were signed but then also put unsigned bands so it was a great opportunity for 
bands to develop and play with bigger bands. And uh, so we did that once every fifth Saturday. Uh, and we just kind of got these like different contracts with different venues. So we started to go into club nights as well. And what we did on the club nights was do band of the month. So we'd invite bands to come over. And then uh, Danny, who does a lot of the interviews, would interview them. So they would get their track played at the club night. They get to give out flyers and we get to promote them and then when their song came on all their friends would dance to their music and would video that so we did quite a lot for bands over the years uh you know for free and stuff but we would do it because you know we really wanted to see sort of you know the bands that were kind of I call sort of cd and e-list bands um that need that extra push because a list bands have already made it they've already got their you know they've already got their audience yeah absolutely you know you you, i mean i worked um for a company where you know we're dealing with a lot of major live concerts so um you know that if they put that band on there's no issue with people not turning up you know they've got a huge guarantee with when you're dealing with sort of underground signed unsigned bands they need that extra push they need you to do a little bit more for them and that's why we do our playlists that's why we decided to do the magazine you know we want to help those bands shine you know and we want to show the world that there's so many bands out there with with such incredible talent that need to be exposed that need to have that extra push they need people backing them supporting them and that was the whole reason why we decided to branch out into different avenues so yeah so over the years we did club nights we did event management we did bookings we did we've done so much and we've now got a youtube channel up uh, I've been doing interviews with signed and unsigned bands, you know, and now we've got the magazine and the magazine is going to be great because I think for bands that need that extra push for promotion, you know, we've got the compilation CD deal that we've got going at the moment, which is incredible. So I've got account managers now globally that will be bringing in people that, you know, bands that want to be on there so they can expose their music. We're also going to be helping uh, venues out or businesses because they can advertise with us. And we've, we're working with lots of different types of um, groups and promoters where they have their own page in the in the magazine so they get to promote themselves and we get to promote them and we're just kind of community building we're just trying to bring that whole metal family attitude back into the forefront you know we're really really passionate about music and we want to sort of show that you know it's not a competition it's about helping each other shine and just affiliating with lots of different types of groups and companies and just you know just showing how you know secure and how I don't know how to explain it just kind of like just helping everybody and and I think that that's the whole purpose of why we do what we do is to serve businesses serve bands and enjoy what we do at the same time uh you know as as a part-time job I think being somebody myself who played music from a very early age and also played metal from a very early age and struggled to get those mm-hmm. shows and you'd find mm-hmm. yourself with the worst time slots in the worst place in the worst city playing to like mm-hmm. four people because you just couldn't catch a break I, I think what you guys are doing really at the end of the day is 
providing opportunity. You know, once you get the opportunity, it is up to you to perform and show people that you've got what it takes to be considered for the next level. But giving somebody that opportunity as a first step, I think is crucial. And especially if that opportunity is getting exposure to be uh, around a crowd that is there to see somebody else, a, a band that has their own following. It doesn't have to be an, an A-list band, if you will, but you can have a local band that has an awesome following. You get a chance to play with those guys. All of a sudden, a couple of hundred people see your stuff, you know? So, uh, and then it can domino from there. So I, I think that providing those opportunities is is crucial. And, and I applaud, you know, your work with unsigned and underground bands and trying to give them a, a shot to make a name for themselves. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's what, what all the teams stand for. They just have a, a genuine passion for music, and that's the kind of people I wanted on my team. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like we just share music or we share, oh, let's do this, let's do the group here, let's help them grow. Um, and we're constantly always thinking of ways to help people and help bands shine, help groups shine, you know, um, help businesses shine, venues, promoters, that kind of thing. And, and and I think if collectively everyone works together, you know, you've got you've got a great energy there. And and that's what we're about, providing a really good um, energy out there and to help as much as we can. Yeah. Well what's up with Rage Breed Records? Is that an official record label that you're signing people to or is that more of an internal project for your own bands? Um, we are going to start working on building that roster up, uh, not this year, but next year. Cause okay. what we, what we, and that's just to do with manpower really more than anything, because, uh, we need to see how well the magazine does this year. And obviously we're building business at the moment. So it's still in its early stages of being, bringing people on and, you know, and so, so it's good. It's definitely there. Uh, we've, I've only put it for uh, Lake of Dreams for now, but we are going to start adding people on the roster, but it will have to be a little bit later. Um, just not, just, just not yet. Just needs more, de- <laughs> more development time. It does. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, having all these different avenues that we're doing, because we do Rage, Breed, Mind, Body and Soul. And, um, and that's something that I really kind of, you know, I'm quite passionate about as well because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, magazines is just about bands and we wanted to incorporate mental health. We wanted to incorporate self-care, some people that have struggled with addictions. How do they beat them? You know, there's, there's things like that that I think need to be exposed and talked about. And I think, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're going to be focusing on loads of different areas. So at the moment, we're kind of in the, in the process of bringing people on board now. So I've, I've managed to sort out the USA. I've still got to do Europe and I've still got to do um, Asia. And uh, so it's really about building, you know, building Rage Breed back up, bringing that, bringing the workforce there. And then once we have that sorted this year and we've got the, we've got the magazine out, we've got the Rage Fest booked and sorted. And then next year we're going to start looking at adding more workforce and bringing the label a little bit more into the forefront. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the plan anyway. And, the Rage Fest that we've now touched on a couple of times is something that mm-hmm. you've been putting on. Tell me about Rage Fest. Uh, so Rage Fest is a festival we put on in the UK, and that is an indoor festival. And we prior used to do it 
in Leicester, but we decided to do it in Nottingham at the Old Salutation Inn. And uh, one of the reasons was is it seemed to be a little bit more of a recognised city for rock and metal. And there's a lot of people in that city that love that kind of underground uh, metal kind of stuff. So, sure. you know, rock and metal. So we decided to move it there. It's great. There's two. There was two days we had last year where it, we had some signed headliners, and on both days. But then we also picked some of the best unsigned and underground bands to, you know, support. And it really was an incredible festival. I mean, I'm just so happy how it went. And the main thing for us was we got 100% feedback, which was all good feedback from bands. You know, they said that they felt they really enjoyed themselves. They felt they got treated well. Um, and for me, that's really important because, you know, as long as I know that the bands are happy, I know that, you know, the people who went were happy. You know, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Awesome. And of course, yeah. potentially as Rage Breed and Rage Fest grow, and then you're looking to grow uh, Rage Breed Records, I mean, you've got a potential source of people to to work with on on both accounts there. So you got a little bit of cross promo action happen and that's that's pretty killer. Yeah, exactly. Because then I get to see them live as well. Yeah. So it might be something that, you know, I can sort of use as an A&R thing as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two birds, one stone. There you go. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've got your hands pretty full. You're keeping busy. uh, You're writing stuff. You're promoting your stuff. You're bringing people on board. So you're using all of the time available at your resources. What's, What's next for you then? What can we look forward to? Uh, in the near future from you? Um, So I think probably is the Rage Breed magazine. So that's going to be hopefully released on the 31st of May. So once we've got all those, um, all the submissions in and we've decided on how to, you know, put that in, I'll be editing the magazine and creating it. And then that will be going on a release, which will be from our big cartel site. So uh, those of you, that don't know we do have an online shop as well so we do have a lot of rage breed merch rage fest merch lake of dreams and mind laps um all different kinds you've got anything from sort of like vests to t-shirts and things like that so um you'll be able to buy the magazine from there um and that site's called www.ragebreed.bigcartel.com so if anyone wants to check it out and to you know have a look at what's going on with us at the moment that's you know that's where you can obviously buy the stuff you can buy the lake of dreams cd from there as well um and lake of dreams merch but i think in the near future is the rage rage breed magazine's going to be coming out this year later on lake of dreams album will be out and um and then at the end of the year rage fest will be held again over three days not just two and that'll be at the old salutation and in Nottingham. Awesome. And if people want to apply to get on that Rage Fest bill, do they just mm-hmm. get a hold of you directly? Um, what what I tell people is to go to www.ragefest.net and there's a page which says submit your band. So what they just need to do is follow that process, which is on the submit uh, your band page. And then they can, and, and we, we are, we are absolutely open to um, bringing bands and stuff uh, from abroad as well. So um, if anyone wants to apply for that, they can do. Outstanding. Are you ready for some listener questions? 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. All right, listeners. And uh, this is going to be super cool because I think you know a couple of these people here. Well, first up, we're going to take a question from our metal sister and fellow rage breeder, Sarah Jacobs. Hey, Sarah, what's going on? Sarah wants to know, what was it like for you growing up? And who are some of your favorite unsigned bands in the UK scene? Okay, so growing up... um God, that's a tough one because growing up, I suppose, in where I was, I was really into the heavy music and stuff, but I went through quite a lot of difficult things in my teen years. Um, I, I dealt with grief of a friend very young, at 14, who's in an accident. Um, and I dealt with quite a lot of difficult traumas when I was younger. Um, so my childhood wasn't you know, like a, <laughs> an easy childhood, if you like. Okay. But I, I suppose, but I, all, one thing I will say is that the music side of everything always got me through it. Like Rage Breed, Mind Lapse at the time was, I suppose, the two things that would totally make me focus. And it used to be, it's such a healer. It really is. I think music is such a massive healer. Yeah. Um, and I think when you've gone through quite a lot of things, it's kind of like I learned very quickly that you can use all the negative stuff that's happened to you, uh, almost like energy as fuel to put into something positive and creative. Yeah. And I, ha- and I have this sort of um, a saying, in darkness creation is born. So even when you go through bad things, what can you do with that? You know, how can you deal with that? So obviously, you know, music is a catharsis, isn't it really? It's It's a way to sort of express dark emotions or angry emotions absolutely you know and uh so so for me you know as much as i say that oh you know my childhood was difficult i have incredible you know moments of being a teen like being you know playing gigs and in rock city and having the place packed out or you know playing i don't know rock and blues festival or rainbow you know yeah there's, uh, uh, there's there's loads of good things that outweigh the bad and if you concentrate on the things that are good you know it outweighs all the negative stuff it's just how much importance you put to what if you dwell on the negative then the negative will outweigh the good whereas if you choose your thoughts wisely and you you remain in gratitude and you look at all the good things that you've done or achieved yeah um that's what will help you. So yeah, my child, my childhood was uh, a bit up and down, but you know, I, I got through it. Okay. <laughs> in the end. And, uh, if I hadn't have gone through those things, I won't be the person that I am today. Absolutely. And you know, you, you said something that's similar to something that I think of it, which is that, you know, tragedy often breeds creativity. So, um, oh. yeah, we're on the same page there. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about some of your favorite unsigned bands in your area? Okay, so I have quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this, and this is a really difficult question because sure. it's it's like when um, I booked all the bands for Rage Fest, I loved every single one of them. Yeah. And they've and it's like there's bands, say for example, like Electric Priestess, which are kind of like a stoner rock band absolutely brilliant live really good really good attitude really grateful humbling 
really good stage presence. I really like them. Um, Pemphigoid, another brutal death metal band. Yes, I've heard them. They're awesome. So good. Really good band. All Consumed as well were really good. Um, When I saw them live, Graves is another one. Um, And I went to see them at Bloodstock as well, and I did an interview with them. Um, And some of these bands, you know, I have interviewed on our Ragebreed YouTube channel as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because... I do love so many different genres. So like something from Electric Priestess to, you know, Pemphigoid or All Consumed, I think really good. And there's a band that I've booked actually for this year for Rage Fest called Riptide and I and uh, 13th Sign as well. Oh, 13th uh, and, Sign. Chris Hubbard, you guys are yeah, awesome. I love that band. So, so good. And they're both booked for rage fast so i'm kind of giving you a sneak preview there exclusive drop love it yep so yeah so yeah i mean i love these bands i think there are so many great unsigned uk bands um yeah and you can't mention them all there's just too many we understand that yeah yeah but i would say probably those have been my favorites um i would probably even say siobhan maze uh really incredible voice i wouldn't say she's metal more kind of a grungy kind of thing but she's got an incredible voice i would definitely recommend her and um obviously the magnificent venom inc but they're signed oh yes (laughs) with a very long history so uh yes and uh you know you guys actually you did an interview as well so that's pretty cool with that yeah yeah absolutely Mm. yeah yeah cool tony for a while now so He's he's a cool dude. Well, uh, well, mm-hmm. thank you, Sarah, for the awesome questions there. Next question from I love this name Ragnar Ragnarsson. Uh, uh-huh. Ragnar wants to know why did you choose the path of metal instead of another genre of music? Uh, because metal at the time resonated with me, and uh, it always has. You know, I I love how. Um, extreme it is it's it's great guitar music and it has so much energy like if i'm if it's kind of like you know when you go on a night out and before you're getting ready and stuff you're listening to something like sepultura it just makes you feel really like energetic and you want to bounce everywhere you know yeah and i love head banging and wimbling and all that i'm not (laughs) one of these girls that you know just stands in the corner you know if i'm in a gig i'll be moshing away you know um nice that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. So you yeah, thrived I mean, on the energy and what that represented for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the energy, but also that it's, it's kind of like, like I said before, it's a little bit like it, guitar music has soul, I think. Um, and I love that because there's so much, you have to learn the instrument. You have to learn how to play it. You have to be able to create sound from it that, you know, can send shivers down your spine you know and i think rock and metal music actually does that to me you know um yeah. and don't get me wrong i, I love i like other genres there's things like um uh, pagan folk or ambient music that i listen to sometimes and that's just for i suppose as a third kind of aspect to how i'm, what I'm bringing to lake of dreams and you know, but my heart is always in rock and metal music because it's it's pretty much what I grew up on and it's what I enjoy doing. Awesome. Thank you, Ragnar, for that awesome question. Definitely appreciate it. One more 
And I think you know this gent as well, Mr. Chris Heap from the Heaps of Metal Groups. Chris wants to know, what do you think of the current UK metal scene? How is it going over there? Um, I think that the UK scene is a very strong scene in the sense that everyone loves their underground stuff. And I think definitely, you know, judging on how we did with Rage Fest and how many people were very... Um, supportive of that festival and how many people turned up and things i think we we think we've got a very strong scene i think in certain different cities it changes because of the different types of music that mental sorry metal encompasses so for example in leicester there's a very strong kind of emo pop punk new metal scene i suppose um and like for for kind of the music and don't get me wrong we we try and help everybody and whatever we do sure but say for example if you're you're into thrash metal death metal if you put a night on in there there's probably not going to be as many people show up to that as say if you did it in a place like nottingham or say you know birmingham or something where you know the whole death metal scene kind of grew so it's kind of being selective uh, about where you decide to put your event you know and 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 I learned the hard way because I was you know I wasn't looking at the markets within my own cities and things like that and actually what what do these people listen to most people are really more alternative you know pop punk and emo and all that kind of stuff so it was kind of me looking at the whole big picture um, and, and we have had you know positive and negative feedback that we've had to battle over the years from haters and things like that but <laughs> haters what, gonna what, hate <laughs> exactly and it's to be expected when you're trying to do something like right. uh and, and i spoke to a few different people about this because they always say to me that um when you're on your way up there's always going to be people more people are going to be talking about you so therefore there'll be more opinions and um on how things should be done on how, what they think and everyone is so different if you put 20 people in a room and you gave them one movie to watch there'll be probably 20 different opinions on that you absolutely know? so so it's really just to think well you're entitled to your opinion but it doesn't resonate with who i am and what we stand for so you know it's kind of like you have to sort of make sure that your circle and the people that you surround yourself with are those that are going to, you know, lift you, make sure that they're, you know, on the same page as you. And this is why it's so important for me to build a strong UK and global team, actually, because, you know, it's basically having the same vision. And if other people believe in the vision and you believe in the vision, then it's going to be successful. And all, all haters do is really bring down that vision and have their own perception of what that vision is. And I say perception because... I think a lot of people mistake things or misunderstand things. And when you have a lack of communication or you don't really talk about things properly, then they can get resentful. And and this is the problem. So I always say to people, you know, if you're going to, if there's something that you're unhappy about, then follow a dispute process. You know, I've, I've got it up on there. If people want to message me, it's, uh, we've actually got a new, email for this so we've got ragebreed underscore quick queries at hotmail.com and just follow that properly and it's all good but a majority 
of what we've gone through in Rage Breed has been really positive recently and in the last few years because we've had a, such an influx of bands that want to work with us. And uh, all the feedback from Rage Fest was 100% good. Um, and, you know, the way I see it is you're always going to get haters. Like you say, haters are going to hate. And <laughs> it just shows that some people actually say it's a sign of success. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot to choose from over on your side of the water there. The UK metal scene seems strong. And, you know, there's a lot of different subgenres, of course, within metal and, and any kind of music, really. So you've got a lot Ooh. to pick from over there. So I, I think that that's, uh, that's a, a pretty healthy scene for sure. So... Well, we're going to close this out with a quick little game of this or that. You ready for this? I'll go on then, yeah. Oh, no. Here you go. All right. Napalm death or carcass? Oh, God. Carcass. Oh, that's my girl. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bolt thrower or warlord UK? Bolt thrower. I do actually love bolt thrower. Yeah, Yeah. I love bolt thrower. All right, this is going to be tough for you. Paradise Lost or My Dying Bride? Oh, you can't say that. Oh, got to do it. (laughs) Got to do it. Uh, I'd say Paradise Lost. Yeah, if for no other reason than Gothic alone. Yeah, and just purely because of the first Gothic Doom, but I absolutely love My Dying Bride as well. Yeah, as do I. Good stuff. All right, here's an easy one. Venom or Slayer? Venom. I knew you'd go that route. Cool. And one more. Arch Enemy or Lacuna Coil? Lacuna Coil. Ah, there you go. Keeping it real. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Karina, thank you for hanging out with me today. This has been an absolute honor, a super, super killer conversation. And uh, I look forward to all the cool stuff you've got coming down the road and open invitation for you uh, when you get that new lake of dreams project ready to go come back on and and we'll plug that for you have you back on and have an awesome conversation about that so yeah that'll be great sounds like a plan awesome well one more time plug all your sites what's the best way to reach out to you and all your cool projects you got going on one thing I will say to everyone who wants to support Ragebreed, please go to www.ragebreed.com, subscribe to the site and become a member. And also, if you want to check out our store, um, it's www.ragebreed.bigcartel.com. We've also got a YouTube channel, so subscribe to that. Um, and then obviously just add us on all the social media. We've got groups and pages dotted around um, and just show your support outstanding ladies and gentlemen karina share thanks karina this has been awesome lovely thank you so much for the opportunity and thanks to all of you for hanging out on misery point radio make sure you stop by the rage breed website to check out all of karina's epic projects and we're going to close this out with a song off the lake of dreams self-titled ep this one's called the day after the day after